Welcome to the Cinema Show, where we bring in movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. Evil dies tonight. Evil, Evil dies, dies tonight. tonight. Evil, Evil dies, dies tonight. tonight. Let's get this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are we are. Is this our Halloween episode? Can we, can we just call this the Halloween episode? Uh, it basically is, since we're talking about. Two of of the three Halloweens that they're counting. They're not counting yeah. the other nine. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> uh, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, we got a handful of recent movies that came out this month to talk about. Uh, and they all kind of serve a Halloween-esque purpose in a way. <laughs> but before we get into all that, I did want to bring up DC Fandom. That's what dropped. Did you yes. get a chance to watch any of the footage? Yes. I actually saw uh, all the trailers. And uh, surprisingly, the one that I have the most to say about is the Aquaman teaser. There's a, there's a few things I want to list off. So uh, one of the guys, I can't remember who, um, but he says, this one's bigger, it's bolder, and it, there's a lot of colors. And my mind immediately went to... So then why'd you make his fucking suit black for this one? <laughs> it, it's sleeker. It's darker. It, Ooh, it's... wow. Yeah, even though the the end of the first one was like a triumph return of the original comics costume. Yeah, it's great to see that. After it being shunned for so long for it to finally boldly accept it and for Jason Momoa, of all people, to be wearing that and make it look as good as it does, I thought they were just going to keep that, but... Uh, you know, I guess they got to sell more toys with this one. So. Hey, but uh, Momoa's back. Amber Heard's back. I mean, yeah. uh, and James Wan is back. And that's the next thing I want to talk about. He said uh, that he wanted to give audiences uh, something that they would never expect. And he already did that. <laughs> this Yeah, with the this first year. one. Yeah. Oh, well, are you talking about, are you talking about Malignant? Boy, <laughs> yeah. howdy. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about that, but no. Uh, Wow, uh, what what a picture! <laughs> uh, that one is a that one's a doozy. If you don't know anything about it, uh, I think it actually probably left HBO Max like last week. So uh, I don't know. Rent it. Give James Wan his well deserved paycheck. Yeah, I didn't actually. I think Aquaman is the only one I didn't see in ah. terms of like behind the scenes. I did see a few images of the suit. Um, it looks all right. It, it looks like if. Aquaman was made in the early 2000s you know yeah. it, that's the suit that it looks like it, it looks it, everyone tried to copy the matrix in that style everything had to be leather and black and that's how it looks to me uh but other things that are coming out uh the flash yeah that yeah, one what, uh, what did you think of flash into the flash verse uh, <laughs> um uh, I don't care I've never been a huge flash person uh, okay I think he's, like, even below uh, Martian Manhunter on the Justice League tier for me. I think oh, okay. he's, like, the the weakest link. He just runs fast. I mean, that's pretty cool. Good for him. He has a pretty good uh, backstory uh, if you watch the CW show. Oh, okay, yeah. That one's really good. It's a good show. Uh, definitely watch that. If you want to get into Flash, that's a great introduction to the character. Uh, but aside from that, this being the first solo Flash movie, I feel like they're just doing way too much. Yeah. I I've kind of been saying this the whole time. It just feels like a catch-up movie to the point where they have to insert 
Michael Keaton's Batman into this first solo Flash movie. Yeah, well, it was originally going to be Flashpoint. The first solo Flash movie was going to be Flashpoint, and now they're doing something else with it. Who knows? But it really feels weird for, again, the first solo movie for this character to be a spotlight on multiple characters, Mm -hmm. especially ones that are going to steal the spotlight, like Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah, did you see the shot of his cowl from the back? Did you see him... Uh, pull the sheet off of the uh, Batmobile, but you don't get to see it yet. You gotta watch it in IMAX. Paid $20 to watch it in IMAX. I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Shazam is getting a sequel. Yes. Uh, Rachel Zegler's character was revealed because it was kept under wraps. She has a very important but small role, I think is what they were saying. And she's Jack Dylan Grazer's character's girlfriend, or love Ooh. interest. That's what it looks like. She's like, yeah. so do you hang out here with all your superhero friends? <laughs> Just that one line. From what I saw, it's kind of cool that they turned the throne room into like this like arcade-looking uh, hangout area. Yeah, Did you see the, that? The, like, the lair. And yeah. It's a bunch of kids. In a, they have their own lair. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that. This one's, I think, the most, well, Black Adam. Oh, yeah. So speaking of Shazam, I told you, just watch that one. Because out of all the fandom footage behind the scenes, this one got me hyped. And it was like the least amount amount shown. Yeah. They, They didn't need much. They had these two characters and then the army is in a cave for some reason. Yeah. And what Black Adam does to that one guy, it's it stays on that shot, too. You just see it happen, and oh my god! It's great, and I think, again, The Rock, he, he continues to be just a star. He said it himself. He was born to play this role. Yeah, this thing has been in, like, production, well, like, pre-production with The Rock for almost a decade. <laughs> That's crazy. And he's in the best shape ever. He just keeps getting in better shape. You thought he was in great shape in the 90s when he was doing wrestling, but he looks even better now. And he's yeah. 50. <laughs> and he looks great. I I cannot wait for this movie. It got me so excited. I was remember when we talked about the first Shazam, I was like, why didn't you have The Rock in this one? You could have just had The Rock in the first Shazam movie. Boy, am I eating my own words right now when I say I'm excited for a solo Black Adam movie. Yeah, and the fact that we're getting Shazam 2 that doesn't have him still, Mm -mm. and we're going to get a third Shazam where they do meet, that's going to be crazy to see. Especially with the tone difference. Like, watching the Black Adam trailer, then going to the Shazam 2 teaser, (laughs) (laughs) it's worlds apart. And it's so funny how they're in the same universe. Yeah, I mean, this, again, this I'm going to... This is my pro wrestling talk coming in. It's a good buildup. It's a good buildup to a great match. You know, you think of wrestling, you think of like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. What made that match so special was the buildup behind it. It was these two worlds finally colliding. You know, Stone Cold and The Rock, when they got to fight for the first time at WrestleMania, or I know they fought before, but it was such a huge match because of that buildup. And it's great that they're kind of treating... These big old superhero movies like that as well. It's all building up to something. And it's great that they're building up Shazam, played by Zachary Levi, who's eventually going to meet up with The Rock. It's going to be great. It's yeah, going to be awesome. I, don't, I really don't know how their interactions are going to go. Especially 
because it really feels like The Rock is taking a more serious approach with this one. No, but the first Shazam, though, it had some dark elements in there, too. Yeah, it did. Oh, uh, Jimon Hansu's back. Did you see oh. him in the teaser? No, I didn't. Yeah, he's there, and he has a even longer beard, it looks like. <laughs> oh, cool. I guess he didn't die. Or maybe it's a flashback. Oh. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Aside from that, the big one, the the big trailer, the big full trailer, The Batman, Matt the Reeves. The Batman. The Batman, uh, the one that was stripped away from <laughs> Ben Affleck. Well, he it wasn't stripped away from him. He walked away from it. That's true. He was writer, director, star, and then he's like, I'm just going to act in it. And Matt Reeves can handle that. And then he just left. It is so crazy how fast everything changed for the DC movies. I mean, to the point where you had Ben Affleck walking away from their franchise. Like, that's a sinking ship. I'm done with it. I'm going to focus on myself and my career. And then, like, in the blink of an eye... Look at us gushing over a lot of these projects. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I, I really think uh, we said it in our DCEU retrospective. Yeah. Go listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, <laughs> but I, Wonder Woman really was the saving grace for the DCEU. And uh, Aquaman came out the next year and uh, Shazam before that. Mm -hmm. So it really was just, in my humble opinion... Zack Snyder weighing down the DCEU, and now they're finally getting to do what I, I feel like th they're reaching their full potential, finally. Especially with the whole splintering off of uh, the universes with not only Joker, but now the Batman. Yeah. Well, what'd you think about the full trailer now? Oh my god. I still think that first teaser really sold me more than this one, but mm, okay, I still yeah. can't wait. Uh, I'm not the biggest Batman fan out there. I'm not obsessed. Uh, I think he's cool. I don't think he's, like, the greatest ever or anything. But this has me over the moon. I cannot wait for this movie. It looks so good. Have you seen the animated series? I have not. I should get to that before uh, watching this one. Yeah, because I know Matt Reeves is actually reteaming, or not reteaming, but teaming up with J.J. Abrams and Bruce Timm, who originally was... Uh, the creator of Batman the Animated Series to do a continuation for HBO Max that oh. new yeah. yeah yeah that's right so I'm guessing a lot of inspiration came from the animated series in this new um, Robert Pattinson Batman movie so I'm really excited to see how it inspired the movie but definitely I mean I can't praise Batman the Animated Series enough. Please do it. Uh, go watch it. It's great. It'll make you fall in love with Batman even more. I need uh, to if you haven't already. Spider Man first. Oh, that too. I you still haven't a... <laughs> watched. <that. laughs> you need to watch it in preparation for uh, No Way Home. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's There's really only short like too. Twenty six episodes. Yeah. Yeah, and they go by so quick. They're like twenty minutes each. Anyways, sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. Coming back to it, uh, the Batman. Yeah, I think the teaser trailer was great, amazing. Just the best trailer for that movie to the point where I think this one kind of diminished my excitement just a little mm. because <laughs> I was getting Punisher vibes from this trailer where they said his signal, it's a warning. <laughs> and to me, it, it just felt, it felt a little too brutal and grim for the sake of being brutal and grim. This ain't your daddy's Batman. 
<laughs> I know, but I felt like I got that already with the Dark Knight, you know? Yeah, uh, that, damn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still excited for it. I think Robert Pattinson's going to be great. Uh, I, I just think, I don't know, even like the machine guns trying to penetrate Batman's armor, eh, that's a little too much for me. I, I did have the thought um, maybe it's going to take itself too seriously, especially mm. with Colin Farrell looking the way he does. He's supposed to be the <laughs> penguin, but he just kind of looks like a dude. Yeah, I, at least give him a prosthetic nose, something. Surprisingly, the person's face that we haven't seen is the Riddlers, which I'm not sure why they're hiding Paul Dano's face, because he's just going to look like Paul Dano. At least that's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's going to be something else. But Yeah, we already have seen him in his costume. Which they're doing like a very um, a Zodiac Killer vibe. Yeah. Which is cool. A real detective element to it. The, the world's greatest detective. I, and I hope we get that. I really hope we get a true detective noir Batman. Because I think we got a taste of it in The Dark Knight. Like throughout all of the, the entire trilogy. I think we still got like a little bit of that detective aspect of Batman or Bruce Wayne. So I'm hoping we get it this time around, like, full on. Oh, uh, last but not least, Peacemaker. Not a movie, but oh. uh, it's a continuation of the the Suicide Squad. The mm. Batman, the Suicide Squad. Oh. Unrelated. Um, yep. But Peacemaker. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks fun. I mean, I'm going to watch it solely because of James Gunn. Yes. Aside from that, I wouldn't have any interest in this show. I would still watch it for John Cena, uh, because okay. remember our episode? Again, go listen to that one if you haven't already. <laughs> I could not, even before uh, this came out, I've been saying for a long time, despite John Cena's recent China stuff, uh, that John Cena <laughs> is a great actor and he's going to do great. He's getting a rocky start now, but just wait until he really finds his footing. And what did I tell you? So uh, seeing him... Even get into emotional scenes in this new one with his uh, Peacemaker's dad and exploring mm, yeah. the trauma behind that. Uh, that's going to be really interesting to see how John Cena handles that. And so I think that's my main curiosity. Also, just to see what James Gunn keeps getting away with. Yeah. And like you said, uh, trauma and seeing how or experiencing how James Gunn writes that out. Mm hmm. I feel like all these movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, all these James Gunn movies are, it feels like therapy for him in a sense. It really does. He gets to face his trauma through writing. And I guess here he gets to do it even more. And I and can't wait. There's no better inspiration. Yeah, very true. All right. Well, that's enough for DC fandom. Look at us. We're We're not Marvel shills. Yeah, we like DC now. We're like DC. We're, we come around. Although, oh, dude, speaking of Suicide Squad, I sent you the image and all that. I want a face mask of Starro. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm surprised that's not a costume. Like, that's the easiest piece of costume ever. Everyone just, a just has mask. to wear clothes, but put a little thing on your face. You can wear whatever you want. Put a star Starro on your face. That's your Halloween costume. Come on. You could even make it meta and like be wearing a Halloween costume and then put Starro on. You know, even more so. Possibilities are endless. Warner Brothers, let me give, help me help you. <laughs> we just made a billion dollar business idea for them. I really do think so. 
I really uh, hope they if listen. If we have any contacts at Warner Brothers listening right now, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, <laughs> second of all, uh, get us on the phone. Uh, yeah. We have, we have some ideas. Yeah. All right. That's enough DC. Let's talk about some Marvel. Let's let's give Marvel some love, or right, as at least uh, Sony's Marvel. Oh, okay, big <laughs> difference. Yeah, there's a big, big difference. We're gonna be talking about Venom. Let there be carnage. Eddie Brock is still struggling to ex- coexist with the shape shifting extraterrestrial Venom, when deranged serial killer Cletus Cassidy also becomes host to an alien symbiote. Brock and Venom must put aside their differences to stop his reign of terror. This movie is directed by Andy Serkis. Look at that, Andy Serkis. And story, believe it or not, is from Kelly Marshall and Tom Hardy himself. Yeah. Eddie Brock uh, himself. He reached out to fans after Venom, and he's like, what do y'all want for Venom 2? And he <laughs> received feedback from the fans, and he incorporated that into the story. Wow. And I think that's why this movie is uh, getting into it as silly as it is. Uh, I, 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 unironically, really like this movie. Uh, really? I think that there is some really good stuff there with abusive relationships with Venom and Eddie. And this movie just off the rails. Hilarious. It's crazy. It's, no pun intended, dealing with mental patients. Uh, mm. Which we actually got a surprise. I didn't expect there to be a girlfriend, a love interest for Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, and let's yeah, let, we could talk about the cast here. Um, Tom Hardy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I didn't like this movie. Um, no. It was fun. It, wow. it it was fun at times. It, it was fun. Uh, it, it's fun to see Venom and and Tom Hardy. I mean, uh, Brock banter with each other. It's fine, I guess. I was just missing that. I think the first Venom just caught me off guard. I think it caught everybody off guard. Yeah, it did. And I feel like nothing's ever going to match that, especially a Venom 2. Yeah, Tom Hardy. I don't even know what this character is. He just seems like just off the rails already. And even in the first movie, he just seemed off. He he just doesn't seem like himself, and I, and it's weird to me. Like I'm still trying to figure out what this version of Eddie Brock is. Yeah, that, that's like a can you tell me what his motivation is? Can you tell me who this guy is? Like I, I he's a reporter that was successful with a web show at one point, and uh, it, for whatever reason, in the first one, it all got taken away from him, mm-hmm. and in this movie, he just. Seems like a mess, and it's like... I mean, he does have an alien parasite living inside of him. So that that's going to set a few uh, set a few things off. Yeah, I guess so. And then you have Woody Harrelson, who is criminally, no pun intended, underutilized in this movie. Oh, you think so? I Yes, I, I wanted more of him. I And then also the, the character of Carnage, I guess, is just bland. I really wish they would have went the route of Cletus Cassidy being the symbiote as opposed to him having this alien symbiote coexist with him. I think we would have got more out of Carnage if it was just straight up Cletus Cassidy. I wish the symbiote wasn't sentient, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Carnage 
symbiote was nothing. It was a nothing character to me. And I think it just took away from Cletus Cassidy or Woody Harrelson's spotlight a little. Yeah, now that you mention it. See, it, it's always <laughs> like I uh, come, coming out of the movie, I was like, oh my God, this is great. And it's always when you always bring me back down to earth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm taking away your the high. No, it, it's good. Uh, I still think that because this isn't going to be Parasite. You know, this isn't going to be Schindler's <laughs> I, List. This is look, uh, this is Venom 2 we're talking about. Look, and I wanted it to be more like the first movie. I wanted it to be stupid. I keep thinking back to the damn dog in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> like... It was great. I wanted more of that. I was expecting the dog to come back. In I this thought one. we got a bunch more silliness. Like he the, okay. The there's only a one part that... where he says, "No thanks. I'm gonna go get this." Is early in the movie where he's talking to the cop. Which uh, that oh yeah, that's another char- new character. Uh, oh, he's talking uh, to the cop Mulligan. and he's like, "Yeah, I I don't care. I'm gonna go get ice cream." He does a wheelie on his motorcycle and just drives off. That, that's that's silly. It's so yeah, silly. I guess it's silly. It's not as silly because I can. There, there's like a handful of moments in the first one where it just makes me laugh. Even besides the dog, I'm thinking about a turd in the wind. I'm thinking about oh, uh, she venom. Which, by the way, yes. Michelle Williams. Why did they bring her back in the first place? I really don't know why. Uh, she did not serve any purpose at all. Except one part in the movie to bring Venom, or spoilers, mini spoiler, to be she Venom again for like a moment. triumphant return. Yeah, and it was like much shorter than the first time we saw her in the first movie. But yeah, I I don't know. I I was uh, expecting them to like, okay, they finally fully realize that this is a schlocky, dumb movie and they can go all out. So I was expecting them to go all out. And they never did. And it was just... It was okay. It was just fine to me. Do you think it's they didn't go all out with Venom? Because I, 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 I really do think that they went all out. I, it's more than Tom what Hardy the first one jumped gave us. into a lobster tank <laughs> in the first movie. Nowhere in this movie does he top that. Yeah, that's that's fair. And going back to the girlfriend, Naomi Harris. I didn't like the way that she was written in this movie oh terrible a terrible writing on her end criminally terrible because towards the end she has a change of heart out of nowhere yeah well uh... the most exciting part of this movie was the post-credit scene and it seems okay huge rant a little rant side rant it seems like and this is even going past marvel movies it seems like Movies are now just, it's a placeholder until you get to the post credit scene. And I'm going back to the, the, uh, away from home or, uh, far from home. Like the most exciting part of that movie for me was the post credit scene. Why? Because nostalgia, JK Simmons. And I was like, oh, wow, look, finally something exciting in this movie. You have Spider-Man swinging through New York. Well, you would think and, that. And you have, yeah, that's, yeah, that's me. And then you have J. Jonah Jameson. Finally, something that is fun. And this movie, just boring. The action in this movie, too, is just uh, what's going on, I will say. You think so? You know what? Because <sighs> I really do think, because there wasn't much that Venom and Eddie did together. Uh, they're no. off on their own separate ways. 
Yeah, they need counseling. They need couples therapy, which they never do. No, um, we're getting to that in Venom Three. We're gonna see them get a therapist. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I think all of the cool symbiote action stuff came from Carnage because now that we established that Venom is a good guy, kind of. And that Eddie is really this, like, really weird guy. He doesn't really know what's going on. You can't have our hero do all the insane shit that he was doing in the first one anymore. And so they delegated that all to Carnage because that's where you get all the cool stuff and, like, the symbiote just ripping apart people and this and that. I I thought all the Carnage scenes were phenomenal. Really? Yeah. Did you see this in IMAX? No. Ah, I did. But I watched it twice in the theater. That's true. And even that prison break scene, which was supposed to be his, like, big moment, just felt underwhelming to me. Wow, we have very different feelings about this movie. Really? And also, you want to talk about, like, uh, motivation? What's the motivation behind Carnage hating Venom? Like, there's no relationship there at all. At the end, it's like, oh, I just want to kill my dad. They don't even meet until the very end. And even Venom's motivation is like, oh, he's red. That's it. That's all he says. There's more. Carnage says that he wants to kill Venom, so that way he's the only symbiote on the planet, and so that way he can wreak havoc and no one can stop them. Because if Venom's still there, he's still kind of a threat. And, I mean, that's spoilers. The bad guy dies at the end. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. But um, he wants to kill Venom, so he's the only symbiote, so that way he can wreak havoc and have total world domination. What do you do from there? Who knows? No one really thinks about that. Yeah. Um, but Venom's whole thing with him being red in the comics, uh, I, I'm as you know, but the red symbiote, and, and he explained this in the movie, that the red symbiote is the like the most powerful symbiote. I still don't really get all the differences between the colors and all that. I think it's just there to for art just to tell tell them apart you know yeah it was especially if a the red symbiote came from venom that's an offspring of venom if anything venom is the alpha well carnage wasn't uh he's not a traditional symbiote he was uh he got into cletus cassidy's bloodstream and i think that's where the red came from and he's more Cletus than he is Venom, in my opinion. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. I got from it. Which so, is why more reason to have Carnage just be Cletus Cassidy. So uh, the symbiote is not sentient itself. It's the psycho-minded Cletus Cassidy that gives them that extra power. You know what would have been great is if Cletus Cassidy, the only upper hand he has over Venom slash Eddie Brock is imagination. Because... Eddie Brock, in this version, Tom Hardy, is not interesting to me at all as a character. He, he's just not. I mean, he, he does silly things, and that's funny. You know, jump in a lobster tank. I could laugh at that. Uh, but that's as far as it goes. It's me laughing at the character. And, you know, he's got girl problems. And, you know, his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend is getting married. Boo-hoo. Sorry for the guy. But <laughs> Cletus Cassidy is a murderer, a serial killer who's actually interesting because... He even says it. Everyone loves a serial killer. And he he draws. He has like this whole animated sequence yeah, that was uh, cool. to his backstory, which was cool. Again, imagination. You know, he draws and he obviously 
serial killers have to be imaginative, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, say what you want about them, but uh, they're bad people. You know, serial killers are bad people, but they do but... have but they do have imagination, and I think that would have played so much better if they would have like, kind of went that path. What kind of went like, hey, Eddie, you're just a journalist. You're boring. What I have over you and ma- what makes me more powerful over you and your symbiote is my imagination and my creativity. And that's how I had the upper hand over you. But that's just me. That's just eh, that's me thinking too much about this type of movie. Which I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't you, you agree? There. Doesn't that sound, sound great? That sounds... That it would does. Have gave, uh, that would have gave Woody Harrelson's character just a bit more... A little bit more seasoning. These movies uh, aren't the most... Uh, aren't the greatest uh, character-driven pieces. They're more so about the plot and the action and everything. Yeah. And that's just a, a lesser superhero movie in these days or any day really um and that's the biggest flaw is that the character when when you really boil it down the characters are the weakest link i will yeah. agree with you there because everything with michelle williams that was just kind of uh everything with uh woody harrelson and his girlfriend eh, i thought they were going to do something more interesting and like there was going to be a bigger heartbreak like kind of moment especially with the the screaming that uh she's shriek right she's in shriek. Is she from the comics yeah, I just don't... Just one of those C-tier Spider-Man ca- characters? Yeah, but, like, in terms of what's going on in the movies, like, I don't know if she's a mutant or is... I don't know what she is, like... I don't think, I think they know I, either. <laughs> yeah, like, she's just there and she could scream really loud. High-frequency noises makes the symbiote mad, so that's a perfect plot device to have. And I thought they were going to do something, like, kind of tender, like, have a little moment where they have to, like, real that where they both realize that they can't do this, but instead it was Carnage driving the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, just telling and her to that's, shut up. That's where it falls apart for me. Yeah, when, when Carnage took over. And I think yeah. it would have been better if it was the, those two characters rather than just this intervening third party. Yeah, and again, I'm okay with it just being a mindless action movie. To me, it's just a little lazy because we're at this state in superhero movies. We we know it's going to look good. We know people are going to show up. We know the action's going to be great. We know you could hire the best actors that are here available today. You know, that's a given. We know that. So, like, is it too much to ask for for just a little bit more of not even clever writing, just originality? Not even originality. I mean, they're going based off comic books and there's a whole, you're cherry picking from endless, endless amount of stories there, but at least some well thought out characters and a decent story to get us through. That's all I ask for. I mean, I don't think it's too much, you know, it's why not, but uh, it's fine. Uh, Do I see myself watching this movie? No. Well, I rather watch, I would rather much have watched the first one again. If I'm being honest. Really? I'm mad at myself because I enjoyed Riot, the villain of the first movie, more than uh, Carnage. Okay, wait. Get, don't get me wrong. Wait, wait. I'm about to lose you, but wait. I liked Riot more than Carnage, but I loved Woody Harrelson more than Riz Ahmed. Oh, okay. I get you there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because even Riz like, Ahmed was terribly miscast, but I, do you, I feel. 
But do you remember uh, Riot's reveal in the first one where it's like a jump scare? Yeah. Where he just pops out of Riz Ahmed? That's amazing. I wish we would have like got that. That's like the only cool thing that they do. Okay, there's also one where the <laughs> where it's the symbiotes fighting out of their bodies and then Tom Hardy and Riz Ahmed are fighting. That was mid-air. cool. That's cool visually. So, but you can't tell what's going on. <laughs> it's so no. dark. Yeah, and they're both like black and gray. But as as flawed as no. this new one is, I still think that first one just sucks way more because it takes itself way too seriously, and See, that just really just drags the whole thing down for me. But with this one, they don't care. All of that seriousness is just thrown out the window, and we're here for <laughs> an only an hour and a half, mind you. This okay. movie is short. It, it gets in, gets out. I have the perfect analogy. Venom, let there be carnage, would be if Tommy Wiseau got the chance to make a sequel to The Room, but knowing that everyone was making fun of it. So mm. he has that in mind. It's like, oh, they love it because it's bad. Okay, I'm going to make a bad movie on purpose now, and they're going to love it. I think that's it. what that uh, Best Friends movie with the R in parentheses. Uh, oh, with, yeah. Uh, I think that's what that was supposed to be. So there you go. I mean, to me, Venom is the room of superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> and Really? Not Catwoman or Daredevil? No, because those are more of a product of its time. So Very much so, yeah. Just early 2000s, cheesy. This one feels like a movie that should have came out during that time as well. Yes. Whereas, why? I don't know why this type of movie is coming out in this decade. <laughs> And that's what makes it even more funnier. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm so glad that this movie exists. Uh, one for the silliness. I, I can't get enough of it. I still haven't seen it again. Uh, you're you beat me on that front. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but at least it gives some variety to the superhero genre. Some much needed variety, especially when uh, most MCU projects are Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier caliber. It's nice to have a movie like this that gets a little silly and doesn't take itself nearly as seriously as those do. That's true. I'll give it that. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make a solo Venom movie, why not? Why Would not? Would you let rather it be... watch Let There Be Carnage Again or Black Widow? Oh. Damn. No, no, no. For sure, Let There Be Carnage. See? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I would never sit through Black Widow again. <laughs> Sorry. I actually uh, uh, did recently, and uh, I think oh. rewatches are this movie's worst enemy, or that movie's worst enemy, Black Widow, uh, yeah. because it's just even less interesting the second time around, and I don't, I really don't think I'm going to be watching this a third time. The only time I watched, the only reason why I watched it a second time was because my family hadn't seen it, and it finally went mm. up on Disney Plus for free. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we get into the next movie, uh. I do want to touch, of course, on the post credit scene. Yeah, skip like, uh, well, if you haven't seen the movie already and you aren't planning on it, then who cares? You probably already found out what the post credit scene was anyway. Yeah. Uh, but if you do care, skip like five, ten minutes because we're going to go off. Yeah. Hey, Spider-Man's on the TV. <laughs> cool. I I don't know why that was so underwhelming. <laughs> I couldn't me. believe what I was seeing. I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" I mean, eventually it was going to happen. I didn't I mean, think they were going to do it for No Way Home. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, 
Because yeah, that think... movie's already got so much already. I thought it was just going to be the three Spider-Men, which uh, still isn't confirmed. Uh, look, I know. And then we're going to leave it at that. Look, I know this is in the comics, but I hate that we might get Green Goblin and Venom in the Sinister Six along with Doc Ock. Because those three characters, Venom, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, are like the three pillars of Spider-Man's arch nemesis. Like, those three each could hold their own trilogy of movies. Absolutely. Especially Doc Ock in the Sinister Six arc is great. Uh, Green Goblin, I mean, Gwen Stacy saga is amazing. And then, of course, let's not even talk about the Black Suit saga with Venom yeah. and Carnage and Craven the Hunter. But it's fine, I guess. I mean, at this point, I'm kind of like, just throw everything in there. Uh, throw all of it in this Spider-Man movie. It's fine. I I'm okay with it. At this point, I'm okay. Because <laughs> I have my comics, I have my cartoon animated series. And you have the PS5 games. And I have the PlayStation games, which are great. Tony Todd as Venom, yes. Oh my god. I'm, that's what I'm excited for. I'm more excited about that and the possibility of Harry Osborn being Venom. That's yeah, you would be. Yeah, I'm a fucking <laughs> Spider-Man shill. Maybe the fact that they hate each other is going to come up. Because uh, you have the two minds that are... Otto Octavius and uh, Harry Osborn. Uh, mm. Osborn. Can't believe I got that wrong. Uh, are you talking about the movies yes. now, right? Uh, they okay. weren't on screen, but the minds that they are, they're probably going to butt heads because they probably both think that they're right and they're going to have different ideas. This is me theorizing. And then Venom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy, uh, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. He's stupid. They're not going to like him. <laughs> so maybe there is going to be some inner tension. Who knows? I have nothing but the highest hopes for No Way Home, and you're the exact opposite. And I think it's better for me, because I'm, I'm going in with low expectations, and I, you know, again, I am fully vaccinated on nostalgia. I'm immune <laughs> to nostalgia, so you cannot get me. I, I, I'm okay. I'm iffy on this Tom Holland Spider-Man. I am okay. I'm come to terms with the Sam Raimi movie, movies. I'm okay. I don't eat them in this movie, but it's happening. So I'm just sitting back and just whatever happens, happens. Why not? Why not? Exactly. Why not? That's it for Venom. I mean, uh, let there be carnage. I know you would recommend Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I would not. I would. I, I, I give it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give it a five, whereas the original Venom, I'd probably give it around a seven. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the original Venom, the first one for me is like a four, maybe a five. Actually, Azure, I'd never seen it before. So we saw it on, uh, we just streamed it, rented it on YouTube. Uh -huh. And I actually liked it a lot more than when we saw it in theaters. And I feel like that's just because I didn't feel as insulted watching it on the small screen as compared to sitting in a theater and being like, this <laughs> is what they gave us. You have to admit, it was a fun experience watching it that first time. I will theater. never forget watching Venom with you and Robin. <laughs> that That is going to be as horrible as that movie. Well, not horrible. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but uh, yeah. definitely a memorable theater experience. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And hey, um, we might get that in Venom 3. You never know. Oh, God, I hope so. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's keep it scary. You know, Venom's a scary looking yeah. thing walking down the street. Let's try to figure out this next species. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about lamb here. In rural Iceland, a childless couple discover a strange and unnatural newborn in their sheep barn. 
they decide to raise her as their own. But sinister forces are determined to return the creature to the wilderness that birthed her. This comes from director Vladimir Johansson. Yes, Iceland. Uh, and this, of course, gets distributed by A24. A24! The yeah, Rad- this again. Is, this is like the most A24 movie that they've ever put in. <laughs> okay, before we talk about the movie, I kind of want to talk about the trailer first. Because yeah. I will never forget when I watched the trailer in theaters. I I saw the trailer come up and I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. I was like, eh, like, it's, I'm going to watch it. It's A24. It's a, the poster's creepy. I'm going to watch it. And then I got out of, I, I think I was watching The Green Knight and yeah. the trailer came out and I was just like, yes, I'm excited for this movie. The Beach Boys song uh, drops and it's great. And yeah, this movie, well, what'd you think about the movie? Uh, I actually had the exact opposite reaction to the trailer. I was like, oh, is this just going to be weird just for the sake of being weird? Is the A24 brand like getting a little, is it wearing on you now? No, it's it's not that. Uh, It's just uh, because A24 is just a distributor. I mean, all these people make their own movies and A24 just distributes them. So I thought this was just going to be a weird movie that A24 picked up that was just going to be weird and gross and unpleasant just for the sake of being that and Mm, not much else horror would come from it. So I wasn't really uh, going into this movie like happy, like, ah, all right. I mean, I'm going to, I'll watch it, but uh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to get. I think that's what it was. I really do think that's what it was. It wasn't really, I I mean, I, I appreciate the atmosphere that the director was, uh, had established and set up, but I don't really, I, I feel like it was a nothing movie. Like, you just oh. see the trailer, and that's really it. It's just okay. a creepy lamb baby, and that's it. Wow, okay. Well, I, for one, love this new take on Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I loved it. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I, I thought everything was great. Don't expect it to be a horror movie, because there's a version of this movie that I can see. And it's this little creepy baby running around in the background and creeping up on you and being scary. Mm -hmm. And glad they didn't treat Ada like that. Yeah, Ada is the cutest little thing that I have ever seen. Even if it's half sheep, half human, (laughs) I don't care. They are so stinking cute, and I just want to give them a big ol' hug. You know why I I warmed up to this movie more because of it? of a series that came on Netflix earlier this year called Sweet Tooth. I haven't heard of that one. Okay, watch the trailer. It's really cute. It's about these hybrid uh, human animals. Uh, Experimentation goes weird. Uh, Watch the series, but there's a little boy, and he's uh, half uh, fawn. He's a fawn, so he has, like, antlers. And it's cute, you know, and they show, like, other little types of hybrid human-animal babies and it's cute. So when I watched the trailer and I saw the movie, I, I wasn't caught off by surprise. I love the atmosphere in this movie. I loved everything about it, down to the point where we get to see the birth of Ada. That was a great scene. The reaction is so nonchalant. They're like, okay, <laughs> we got we got this thing and we're just going to take care of it. But And 
even before the movie started, I was thinking about the movie and I was like, I bet you anything they're going to raise this child because the mother has had a miscarriage. And it does go that route. Yeah. So it's a little predictable at times. But there's some things that did catch me off guard, like the other character that we haven't mentioned yet, the brother. Yeah. And I think adding him into this movie was great because, okay, when I watched this movie, there's two other parties in this in the movie theater. It was uh, a couple and a little family of three. <laughs> like, th- okay, this guy was like he he looked like an A twenty four fan that dragged his mo- <laughs> that dragged his mom and dad to watch this horror movie, and every time something weird happened. The mom would just look at the kid like, <laughs> what the hell did you bring me to? And I loved every moment of it. But going back to the brother, when the brother comes in and he's kind of like us. Yeah, he's the audience surrogate. He's like, yes. what the fuck? Yeah, like what is going on? And the entire time there's like this weird dreary tension going on. Right, like even from the beginning, you gotta you kind of get a pers- uh, point of view of this mysterious creature, mm-hmm. and you just hear the breathing and the grunting. Yeah, and already right there, you're kind of on the edge of your seat, but not really. It- it's just this, l- this lingering threat that you just never know when it's gonna pop up. But aside from that, when the brother comes in, it's just this huge relief. I, I remember all three parties in the theater just started laughing. Because of how absurd he made it seem. Like, there's a part where they're all having breakfast. And I think this is where he sees Ada for the first time. And he's just like, what the hell is this? (laughs) And that's all of us, too. We're all like, we could finally laugh about this and say, yeah, what the heck is this? Because from before that moment, before he gets there, we're on the ride with them, this couple. You know, we see their day-to-day life. We see that this baby is making them happy and we're like okay you know it's kind of weird but we're going along with it and then the brother comes in and we're like yeah i know this is ah! weird in and of itself i need to get better of saying that instead of in it of itself oh. just a little sidebar there um <laughs> i thought chapter one was great and i thought mm-hmm. like oh okay maybe this isn't gonna be as bad as i thought it was gonna be eh, uh, the next two chapters just kind of felt like a wet fart it didn't really do much. <laughs> in the end, especially, not to get into spoilers, but it feels like nothing really... Like, what was the point, you know? Well, I, I think, to me, it felt like a folktale just playing out. You yeah. know, very atmospheric and uh, not a whole lot going on. Like, in the in the grand scope of things, not a lot happens, right? Most of it is just soaking in the atmosphere where we're at. And I I like the fact that we're kind of secluded on this farm with them for the entire time. And we're surrounded by mountains. And and we'll talk about the ending. Uh, but I, I think there is a mes- message there about uh, our, our main lead who plays uh, Maria. Yes. The lengths she goes to to ensure that she wants to stay happy with this lamb baby and she does some she does some pretty dark things in this movie uh she she goes to some dark places and i love how 
this movie could have ended in the way that I think a lot of people wanted it to end. And it just ends before it it gets there. And I'm happy it did. Because that tells you there's going to be a consequence to what you truly want. And she pays that price at the end. And I'm happy she did. Because if this movie would have went the way that it should have went to general audiences, then we would have been here complaining, well, maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. Or maybe she shouldn't have gotten that happy ending. Yeah. And and that's that's what I got from it. Uh, I, I think it's about just a mother who wanted a child and the trials she had to go through to achieve that. You got a lot more out of this movie than I did. Yeah, I I, I was just enjoying it. I, I was enjoying the ride. And I, I watched it in the middle of the day when I was like running errands. Maybe if I was like, it was late at night and I was kind of expecting like this horror, you know, ugly lamb movie. Uh, I would have been maybe like looking at my watch and shaking my, my legs in anticipation for something. But I don't know. I, I'm glad I watched it during the day because I was just enjoying the movie i was enjoying the shots beautiful shots yeah uh this is this movie isn't all for me at least it's not all bad i really do like the atmosphere and the landscape shots this movie is gorgeous it looks really good uh the directing was great Mm -hmm. i really appreciate that aspect but i really didn't think there was much there in terms of character maybe i need to rewatch it but i I'm I'm standing here and I really don't know how you got that much out of we saw the same movie, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. And I yeah, I don't know. I I really enjoyed this movie. Even like even to the animals, I was enjoying their acting. <laughs> <laughs> the animals were great in this movie. The dog, which the dog. Yeah. Uh, the the cat was great. <laughs> even the cat yeah. wasn't in the movie much, but when that cat was the cat was serving. Uh, <laughs> even even in the barn, the sheep, they they were acting pretty well. Yeah, you <laughs> like, can't see that for a lot of other movies. Yeah, yeah. the The animals are they're really good in this movie. I don't know who their acting coach was, but I I, I need to find them. <laughs> yeah, props to the acting coaches, whoever taught these animals. Again, not a whole lot to say about this movie. I just think it packs a huge punch. I think it swings and misses. Oh, you think it was a miss? I I think so. Well, what what were you expecting? Because I feel like there's a version of this movie where if it played out the way it did, you would have enjoyed it more. And I feel like if they would have treated the baby a little bit more creepy-like. No, see, that's what I didn't want. I didn't want this whole, like, oh, everything's so creepy and weird. But instead, we got a really quiet movie. And I, I appreciate that. And Ada is so cute. They're not creepy at all. It, it, the way that Ada acts and everything, they're so stinking cute. I, I can't yeah. get over them. <laughs> but I, I just think that, I don't know. I just don't think it really did much of anything. It intro- To me, all it is is the, the movie is just the idea. And that's really it. Like, what if there okay. was a lamb baby? Okay. Mm, okay. And that we didn't even do much with that. It didn't even really answer that question, I feel. I I feel like once the brother leaves, I feel like that's where the 
that's where the movie lost me. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I wanted more drama out of that. I, I, I liked what they were doing, but whenever the brother left, it felt like, okay, so then why was he here in the first place? Mm, we're not going to answer okay. any of the things that were brought up, uh, especially with the with Marie and the brother's history that they mm, talk about. Yeah. That was it. There's that one scene where he tries to do something and she's like, no. And he's like, man. And then he leaves. Yeah. Yeah, that felt a little underdeveloped. and Underdeveloped uh, is the word. Yeah. And I felt, yeah, I mean, this movie's not perfect at all. Don't get me wrong. And I feel like that's an element that I wanted more of. I wish the brother would have stuck around. Hell, even kill him, too. Yeah. Oh, wait, spoilers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, no, we could get into it because, I mean, again, there's not a lot to talk about. I just feel like, again, here's a disclaimer. I don't have the ability to have babies. I'm not a woman, so I don't know. And I've never had a kid before, but I can feel the pain that our lead is going through. I can feel that dread of not being able to provide a family and the desperation she was going through once she had that when Ada came into this world you could see that spark of hope in her life like finally I can care for something I can I can provide something to my husband and we can be a family now and even when the brother starts like questioning things I'm kind of like you know leave them alone they're happy you know they're they're not abusing the kid. They're not exploiting the child. They're taking care of it as if it it was their own. Yeah, and they're on this own little farm to themselves. They're not hurting anybody. Exactly. So uh, that to me was like the driving force of me just in all of this movie. Just that uh, her journey, and again the lengths she goes through, which we'll talk about in a bit here, to secure that type of life. She had a lot of character, uh, more than I thought she would. She has a lot more character to you than I thought she did. <laughs> I I really do need to rewatch this movie because when I came away from it, I thought it was just bad. <laughs> you, you, you. <laughs> Let's, well, do you want to rate it? Uh, four. Wow. Yeah. I really don't think that it did much. Again, if everything just, it really just felt like this, it wasn't a solid idea. And they just made this movie. I mean, props to them. They made the movie. That's more than we can say. I thought they executed it to a T. I think they they went a much different route than you would expect from a movie like this, especially A24, you know? Yeah. Uh, props to them for picking this movie and giving it its legs to kind of show to the world. Because I would have never watched this movie if it wasn't for A24. So props to them. Absolutely. Which, very scarce. I had to travel like uh, quite a bit to watch this movie. Really? Uh, yeah. I well, I had to drive out like thirty minutes to another town, but I mean, it wasn't available in certain other venues around me. So I'm happy for that. And yet, you get Titan. <laughs> I think what uh, what's happening with Corpus is that they realize that A24 is like the indie studio. So they're like, all right, we're going to get A24 films, but they don't care about Neon. I'm surprised we got mm. Parasite here, but that was because of Alamo. Sentry wasn't showing that one. I'm surprised Alamo's not showing Titan. This is a sidebar. Sorry. No, no I was going to add, I'm pissed that I didn't get a chance to watch uh, Titane. 
Oh my god, really? I didn't get a chance. Oh, I was so mad. Wow. I was trying so hard to go watch it. I was uh and I missed it. But you know what? I I have a feeling it might be available later this year. I, hope I have a so. strong feeling. I really cuz I do want to watch it in theaters. Me too. I don't want to watch, wanna it watch that at home. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to rate it real quick and then we could jump into spoilers. I have to say uh Eight point five. Wow. <laughs> Eight dollars and five cents. More uh, than that's double how much I would pay. Yeah, more than double. I, I, I just enjoyed it. I, I didn't think I would. I think my maybe my expectations were very low, because I thought this movie would be shorter. Okay, I will admit during the first chapter, I was like, oh man, was this a short movie? And they had to like put some money into it to make it longer and they kind of are dragging things out mm-hmm. but once the brother came in it like picked up for me a whole lot and then the ending i thought was like just perfect the way it ended was perfect to me wow the yeah. ending for me was just like oh okay cool thanks <laughs> well yeah let's talk about it then yeah uh, so spoilers for lamb i mean i don't know who's going to be able to watch it <laughs> yeah, especially now. Uh, if you haven't uh, had the chance to, uh, go find a theater that's still showing it quick. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, rent it on YouTube for like 20 bucks here in a month or something. All right. You've been warned. So my the part that I was anticipating was for the mother to shoot the other mother. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that. I was like, man, like you can tell in her eyes like she was territorial with that baby and the there's the shape just crying and crying for that baby and i was like oh like just wait she's gonna find the time to shoot that thing and she did it it, she waited for everyone to be asleep went ahead and buried the damn thing to the point where the brother was threatening to rat her out (laughs) how did the brother find her by the way did did they show that or did Uh, the brother just magically know that he's that the mo- no, that Marie shot the lamb or the sheep. Well, because he was already in the house. He was already there. Right. And so and so she assumed everybody was asleep. And so I'm assuming that the brother was was probably well probably got a, uh, awakened by the damn gunshot. Yeah. And so he was like, "Oh, picking through the window. Oh, she shot the mom." I'm sure that's how it came about. But yeah, but I, see, we don't know that. So whenever he's just like, "And you shot the mom. What if I buried, unburied it?" And it's like, "What? Where did where did that come from?" Were you expecting like a shot of like the brother peeking through the window? Didn't well, no, I just didn't. I just thought that nobody saw that it was just a dead, a dead of the night kind of activity. Well, yeah, that's the point. Like you, you assume everybody's asleep. You know, and then that's when he kind of does the line drop. Like, hey. That's true. Uh, I d- you, you killed the mom. I know you did. That to me was like, oh, shit. Like, what is she going to do now? You know, like, is she going to give in to his advances? And nope, oh, just locks okay. him in a room. Yeah, that kind of thing. And that was kind of shocking to me. I was like, oh, my goodness. She murdered the baby's mom. Like, I was more worried about the baby finding out that mom killed yeah i was waiting for that yeah that reveal but it never came about instead we got a different one uh daddy's home yeah the whole time i'm like daddy's gotta come out sometime well see i thought the husband (laughs) the sheep (laughs) 
That's what I thought was going to happen. Really? Yeah, I thought that's how this whole thing was going to come about, and that's where it would get even more unpleasant. That's that's what I was fearing, that it was going to get into bestiality, and there's going to be this drama between the the two. And I I thought the dad, uh, the husband, was the one who made Ada. But instead we get uh, a cryptid. Big old... Ram Daddy. <laughs> Humanoid Ram Daddy. Yeah, great. I loved it. We already knew from the beginning that there is a beast among us. I mean, maybe oh! you could... <laughs> Dunk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> and maybe you could... It might be perceived that it was the husband roaming about, heavy breathing, but I already knew it was a big old monster. I, I was... I was waiting for that reveal. And then the damn thing kills a dog. Yeah. Which you kill a dog in a movie and you you already made an enemy out of the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. I already knew the dog was going to die, but I was not looking forward to that. Uh, and then, yeah, we we get that daddy is ready to pick up his kid. And he shoots the husband right in the neck. Whenever they cut to the shot of the husband on the floor and he's shot, I thought Ada shot him for whatever reason. I was like, <laughs> holy crap, what? Did Ada just shoot? The-? And then we cut to the just the face of the ram. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. wow, okay. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, hell. Yeah, again, that's why it felt like a folklore tale. Just, it was great. And then he takes the child and... That's where I was like, you know what, this movie, I hope it doesn't go this route, and I'm glad it didn't, but you would think, the mom's pissed. She's going to grab that gun and go get her baby. But no, she she knows she lost. She knows she had to pay that price. She knew what she's done, and she knew she finally got a taste of what she wanted, and that was a family, and she got it, and look what happened. And she lost an it, end. all in the same week. Yeah. What a crazy week for her. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it was, it's great. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I, this, once I get the funds to start my own, uh, collection of A24 movies, I will gladly buy this one. And I will, uh, appreciate looking at it on your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enough about Lamb. Let's talk about another movie. Let, you know what? Let's get away from, like, the horror and the, the gruesome. Let's talk about something a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> let's visit uh let's let's uh let's visit Ridley Scott. What's he up to these days? The man who made Gladiator. Alien, Blade Runner. Yeah. But more in line, Gladiator. Yes. Oh, shoot these French names. Uh Jean <laughs> de uh Clau, what? Uh how do you say it? Let Jean... me pull him up here. Uh Jean de uh Calus. Calus. Uh, oh, is a respected knight known for. Uh, should I do it now? Jean de Carigou. Or Carig. Car- uh, yeah, Carigou. 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 Jean de Clagou is a. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon is a respected knight <laughs> known for his bravery and skill on the battlefield. Uh, Jacques Leglis is a squire whose intelligence and 
eloquence makes him one of the most admired nobles in court. While Leglise viciously assaults Carigou's wife, she steps forward to accuse her attacker, an act of bravery and defiance that puts her life in jeopardy. The ensuing trial by combat, a grueling duel to the death, places the fate of all three in God's hands. Again, this is directed by Ridley Scott, and this is based off the book or the novel, The Last Duel, a true story of trial by combat in medieval France. And look at them back at it again, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck writing. Uh, and I know there's a female uh, writer as well. Nicole Hall of uh, Center. There you go. Yes. And this movie is starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, but also Adam Driver and Jodie Comer. Yes. For those who uh, should be familiar, if you haven't seen The Killing Eve, like I, you probably watched her in Free Guy. And hey, this girl's getting work. I'm sure she's already a rising star right before our eyes. Uh, but Jackson, what did you think of this historical drama? I loved it. I yeah. really liked this movie. I was kind of dreading it going into it. I, I Even a couple years ago, uh, reading the synopsis on Wikipedia, all the information that was known was the synopsis, uh, Ridley Scott, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver, Joe Gomer, uh, Matt Damon. That's all I knew, yeah. and I was like, whoa, this is going to be good. But once the trailer came out, I was like, oh, okay. It's two and a half hours. Ah, Okay. It did not feel like two and a half hours. It, it no. That was quick. I was so invested. And what a way to make a movie like this, especially. Yeah, I'm I was again, I was kind of yeah, I, I was like, OK, it's a it's a period piece. Two and a half hours. OK, really, Scott, let's you know, let's calm down. But <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, this movie, I kind of feel guilty talking about the structure of this movie because i feel like that in itself is kind of a spoiler but i love how it's divided into three tellings of the story and man there's two scenes that play out in different ways the scene multiple scenes that play out different ways and i love the way that they establish that right from the get-go oh yes uh the titles of each a uh, chapter, yeah, if you will, and uh, yeah, the first two start off the exact same way with with the exact same scene, but the dialogue is already different in the second chapter. It's like, and that already just lets you know this is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And the, the the fact that they had to tell the same story three different times, and I wasn't tired of it at all. By the time they got to the third one. That's a testament to the writing and the directing and acting and literally every aspect of this movie. And really, Scott, he really knows how to craft a story like this. And it's something I didn't expect from Ridley Scott. I mean, granted, watch Gladiator if you haven't. I have not. I was actually going to watch it before The Last Duel, but time got away from me. It's not Gladiator. Don't don't expect Gladiator. Maybe up until the end. Yeah. Because things get really brutal at the end. And I think it's really earned. Yes. The the stakes literally are high. I mean, you have one of them literally on a stake uh, ready to burn. <laughs> but times, I know we're still in a rough patch, but women had it rough back then, to say the least. Women have not and still don't have a comfortable place in society where they can ever feel safe. 
Yes. They didn't have that in 1300s France, and they still don't have that in 2021. Yes, and I think the last chapter really drives the point home. And her perspective, even to the point where I like the title that fades and it says The Truth. Uh, yeah. That's all you, you see. And yeah, and it kind of opens up your eyes too uh, from her point of view. Everything that goes on, even to that very uh, pivotal scene that's very uncomfortable to watch and for good reason. But even before that, down to her marriage, she's treated as an asset, a piece of property. Mm-hmm. When you see Matt Damon, who would be her husband, negotiating with her father. Like, if I marry your daughter, I'm going to get this piece of property and this and uh, this other thing. Yeah. It was a transaction. Um, I will say, uh, <laughs> the only one who doesn't seem like he's in the right movie is Ben Affleck. Really? Even Adam Driver just talking like himself? Because even Ben Affleck's putting on a little voice. Ben Affleck, <laughs> I I just see, like, is this Ben Affleck acting or is this just Ben Affleck being Ben Affleck? <laughs> like, I, I feel like the lifestyle he portrays in the movie is how he portrays, uh, how he is in real life, but... Uh, I, I don't know. To me, he felt a little uh, goofy at times, uh, even compared to our the king of France currently, uh, the King Charles, whoever plays him. He's a young guy. Yeah. His performance, I thought, was not as goofy, even though he was being the, the typical young child king who mm-hmm. laughs at death. Uh, even compared to him, I thought Ben Affleck was he was a little silly. Uh, and then also I got a comment on uh, Matt Damon's mullet. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was just fun to watch but yeah now see i actually have something to go off of that silliness or goofiness go factor it. yeah these men look like they do to us they look goofy ben affleck with bleach blonde hair and matt damon in a mullet that's goofy but they take themselves so seriously and it's like they don't even realize that they look goofy their whole thing about honor and everything, the movie says it, but, like, it's her life at stake. It's They're doing it for the sake of themselves, and they're so self-centered and so self-righteous and so trying to maintain this position with their masculinity and this and that. They're taking themselves so seriously that they don't even realize what's really going on in front of them and only the women really do you even cut to shots of the queen and she does not say a word in the movie but you get everything that you need just from the way that she reacts to everything that's going on around her Mm -hmm. and so i i I think that the goofy haircuts are a great way to just drive that point home Mm. yeah i mean production value is great it's amazing yeah uh, the action sequences are great, too. I mean, that's not the focal point of, of the movie, but everything's just well thought out and uh, in practice, just great to look at. And nothing ever felt cheap. No, not at all. It really felt like I was we were in 1300s France. Oh, just Matt Damon, his character, especially in the beginning uh, of his perspective. And you don't even know who to really root for at the beginning. Especially when Jodie Comer's character kind of like reveals, hey, this happened to me. And from there, even uh, Matt Damon, how he perceived himself in that situation was very 
noble and heroic, right? Yeah, he's like, I'm. don't worry, I'll take care of this. I have a plan. And then we see how she perceived that, or what actually happened, and the whole reaction up until, like, the very last moment of that scene was just disgusting. To the point where, like, well, he's not gonna be the last man to know you. Even though you just went through this horrific experience, down to letting the whole entire kingdom know that you've been violated. That entire last chapter is so uncomfortable for her and for you. Yeah, it's it's such a... And what an interesting way to make an, a medieval movie. Because every other, like, A Knight's Tale, that uh, as silly as that movie is, it's from a man's perspective. And really, mm-hmm. every piece of media about medieval times or came from medieval times are all male-centric. And that's not a coincidence. I mean, that's just the way that the world has been working. It's so not only to have a female-led medieval movie, but to give us the standard uh, male-centric medieval movie with the first two chapters and then completely turn it on its head and give us the last half of the movie the way that they do, I I think that just adds even more to the brilliance. I really didn't think that there would be this much thought put into this movie, but holy crap, this this is like one of my favorite movies of the year. It's so yeah. well-crafted in every aspect. And Adam Driver's character, too, and his chapter, where how his playful actions, how they play a huge role into how he perceived certain events to happen, that blindness that men can have, very important that he got his perspective in there. Uh, it's not something that we all agree that it was right for him to do, uh, but at least we know that his naiveness and how blinded he was uh, to himself, even to the point where he would, spoilers, not spoilers, like he was willing to die and still lie yeah. that he did not do anything wrong. Good God. That was appalling. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but... Uh, yeah, Adam Driver, uh, love him as an actor, hate him in this character. I I hated this guy so much. What an and, asshole. Yeah, definitely. And and then him, you know, getting his groove on with the king, Ben Affleck. <laughs> and then again, he has power. Power makes a man go blind. Uh, I could see this be uh, a Best Picture nominee, of course. I really hope so. But I really feel like House of Gucci is going to get all the love. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, No one has, (laughs) unless you went to a festival. But I really do think that just right from the get-go, just this one is the Ridley Scott project that deserves all the love this year over House of Gucci. Again, haven't seen it, but... Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited about House of Gucci. Every time that trailer pops up, I love watching it. Oh my god. Uh, but th- I I don't know how you top this of the year. You think this is gonna be best picture? No, like uh, just in terms for like comparing the two Ridley Scott movies. Oh this yeah, year. like yeah. I I really don't know what House of Gucci can do to come out better than how the Last Duel did. Like the Last Duel is nearly perfect. Like I I don't think I have a an issue with any aspect of the movie, but it, it's nearly perfect. If Wouldn't not, it be perfect. crazy if we get two Ridley Scott movies up for Best Picture. That, oh my god. Has that happened before? I don't know. 
I don't think anyone's been as crazy to. Well, I mean, there was the pandemic that did uh, that did delay. So, I, but I don't think there's anyone who's as crazy as Ridley Scott to put out two big movies like this in the same year. And both have Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad he's getting more work. Like, especially movies that allow him to be an actor. Hmm. Wow, he is 83 years old. Adam Driver? (laughs) (laughs) Really, Scott? That's crazy. Colin Powell was 83. R.I.P. Colin Powell. It it just doesn't seem like he's stopping. No. Again, he's 83, and he put out two big movies this year. Who else can do that? Spielberg's not doing that. Yeah, that old fart. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I mean... Let's let's rate it. Let's go ahead. It's weird the the consensus of this movie. It's like it's a period drama. Nobody wants to see it. We're all gonna skip it. It's like give it a chance. I mean, hey, it's not for everybody. Again, it is two and a half hours. Like I, I was excited just from the prospect of this movie, and even then, I was kind of dreading watching it. But I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Well, what would you rate it before we uh, talk about the uh, climactic battle? 9.5 if not 10 like i really wow. i i can't for some reason give it a 10 for some reason mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like it earned it but then it's like what do i have wrong with the movie nothing why not give it a 10 if i were to uh find some faults i i think the dialogue was kind of a little um not not i wouldn't say on the nose but it seemed very straightforward especially for uh, the time that it was set in. Mm, uh, okay. Some of the dialogue felt very, uh, not modern, just, I guess, not as a f- sophisticated. It just felt really, uh, at times, blunt. This was the medieval times, so they weren't as, the Renaissance didn't happen. There was no enlightenment. Everyone was just kind of dark and grungy, so maybe that's why. Okay, it, yeah. It, again, they go to Paris, and it looks like the way it does. It's not pally. <laughs> well, I, I wanted some more French accents. What could I say? <laughs> could you imagine Matt Damon in a mullet doing a French accent? <laughs> I would have loved that. I wanted I wanted to see Ben Affleck do the French accent. Oh, my God. You know what? Watch <laughs> the French dub of this movie. If they ever put that out on home media, <gasps> I'm watching the Ooh. French dub of this movie with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I give this a nice, crisp nine. A good nine hey, to me. I'm glad this is the movie we started to agree with. Yeah, finally. Well, let, let's. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there too. But uh, <laughs> oh god. Okay, can we just talk about the climax of this movie so we could get on to the main event? Oh here? yeah, um, the titular last duel. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. No music. It's all no. sound. It and it's so tense. Like Lamb, I thought the sound design in this movie was great as well. Mm. Uh, throughout the entire movie, not just the a- action sequences, everything was great. But yeah, God, this is where really Scott can just say, hey, remember Gladiator? Okay, can I just show off a little bit here? Let me show off. Yeah, he shows off here. This this whole movie he's showing off. You really don't know who is going to come out alive on this one. No. And you're just hoping, you're praying <laughs> like Ben Affleck. But instead of uh, wanting Matt Damon to die, you do want uh, you want Adam Driver to get his uh, get his doing. You you want him to die. And it's so funny because you want Adam Driver to die 
but you don't want Matt Damon to win. You want Jodie Comer to just come out of this alive and safe. You don't want, you're not rooting for Matt Damon. You're rooting for Jodie Comer. Yeah. And well, we kind of get what we want. We get Adam Driver getting brutally (laughs) murdered. Yes. And not only that, but the way they treat his body after his death is just humiliating, which it was back then. You know, they didn't, they, your body was a prop at that point. But what I found more interesting was the aftermath where uh, Matt Damon gets to celebrate and it g- gets a whole party to him, a parade. And I love how we get the the last shot is of her just still like, I did I win? <laughs> did I win? Yeah, because look at like he's going off to party. He's like, yes, I won the duel for me. And my wife's alive now, too. Okay, cool. And <laughs> yeah, he's probably she... just going to go fuck ah! a harlot <laughs> at that party, you know? He yeah. does not care. Um, and that last shot of her, and it just fades to black. Impactful. Yeah. You say everything you need to without dialogue for that little last sequence. Yeah, and hey, I think uh, this and Lamb, they both share that similarity of like just the experience of a woman i would say both very dramatic ways of getting that i mean both kind of achieve motherhood in some sort of way yeah but yeah this one seemed a little bit more uh, just a bitter ending i mean i mean it's based off of a real story this actually happened yeah well there was that where he goes up to party and there's that last shot where it fades to black but then there's the scene of her looking at her kid in the field and oh, then we get right. the text yes. And then to say that she never remarried. Good for her. Good yeah. for her. She's like, hell no. <laughs> I'm never going through that again. What a way for him to die in the Crusades, too. Like, I I bet you when she got that news, she was elated. <laughs> She's like, You couldn't divorce. God. You couldn't even divorce in the 60s. Mm-mm. <laughs> so I, she must have been over the moon when she got that news. Good for her. And now uh, we got a guest commenter here, a commentator here, Harvey Weinstein. What did you think of the last <laughs> duel? <laughs> no, kidding. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Let's uh, you know let's okay. I'm feeling Halloween again. You know I'm feeling spooky. So let's let's talk about another spooky movie. The nightmare isn't over as unstoppable killer Michael Myers escapes from Laurie Strode's trap to continue his. Ritual bloodbath. Injured and taken to the hospital, Lori fights through the pain as she inspires residents of Haddonfield, Illinois, to (laughs) rise up against Myers. Taking matters, matters into their own hands, the Strode women and other survivors form a vigilant mob to hunt down Michael and end his reign of terror once and for all. Evil dies tonight! This movie is directed by David Gordon Green uh, and is music by John Carpenter. Good on him. Yeah. The good, good on John Carpenter. Uh, This movie stars, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis. And then some surprises, some uh, reoccurring characters we did not expect, did we? Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle, everyone's favorite character from the (laughs) 1978 movie. Um, <laughs> oh, here's a quack. Ah! This movie. Um, <laughs> Are we talking about the 2018 one too? 
Yeah, might as well, because they, they go hand in hand. And of course, we have to talk about the 1978 movie. Yeah, you actually rewatched Halloween. Yes. Uh, 2018, right? Uh, actually, I saw that for the first time. I'd never seen it because I... What? I saw the first Halloween the same year the new one came out. Uh, we saw it together. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, we watched we watched the original Halloween together. Yes, and you didn't come with us to watch uh, Halloween. No, like 2018. No, huh. I was not interested because the way that movie impacted me, 78. When yeah. I went home and I was unlocking my door to go inside, I was paranoid the whole walk and like every rustle, I was jumping. Like it was legit fear that the original 1978 movie. Is perfect. Sure, it's like it's nothing compared to the horror movies of today, but it's such a perfect little movie. It's it does everything right. Yeah, if anything, I think the original Halloween is uh, what defined the genre. Really, yeah, it's what really kickstarted what we know or think of slasher movies. And for those who have never seen the 1978 Halloween, go watch it. It's perfect. If anything, it's deemed the greatest horror movie of all time due to our movie madness bracket. Yeah. Uh, It's scientifically proven that Halloween 1978 is the perfect horror movie. So go watch it. And uh, with that being said, uh, what did you think of Halloween 2018? Uh, It sucks up until the last half. I really don't care about any of the teenagers or any of the family drama because they're just making Lori look like a typical movie crazy person. You know how crazy people are, right? Especially when they're at the hospital in the beginning. The criminally insane, am I right? They act so weird. But uh, Besides that, I didn't care for the first half. But once things get going, it was actually pretty decent. I didn't mind it. Uh, the original, the original, ten out of ten, eleven, twenty. I don't care. Uh, it's perfect. Twenty eighteen, eh, five. It's uh, I like half of what they did. Again, the last half is really what sold it for me, and I really like how they thought that they got their happy ending. I I really did enjoy that. I liked that aspect. But God, <laughs> this new one. Uh, what did you think of Halloween twenty eighteen? <laughs> Oh, 2018. Yeah, I did not rewatch it because I watched it in theater once uh, when it came out. And that's all I needed. Um, I think it was just a completely different tone. Uh, obviously, if <sighs> here's my thing. One, I can nitpick on the whole uh, what horror movies are doing now is doing a, a reboot sequel. But all they do is keep the same original title. Then they don't even put a subtitle on it. They just call it the same thing. We see it with Scream. We see it with Candyman, and we're seeing it here uh, with Halloween 2018, right? And what they're doing also is they retcon uh, the bad movies. They get to cherry pick. They say, hey, uh, we don't like uh, these movies, so we're just going to follow up to the original. So it's a true sequel. And if you're going to stick to the first 1978, I expect you to at least match the same tone as that first one. Especially going up against John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. I mean, that movie is iconic. Down to the poster, the music, the mask. Everything about Laurie Strode. It made Jamie Lee Curtis 
That was her first movie. It made her come out of her mom's uh, shadow uh, from her debut film. Like, that's crazy to think about. Who else can say that? We have a lot of legacy actors now that have to follow in their in their father or mother's footsteps. But here comes Jamie Lee Curtis in a career-defining movie. It's great. So, so many things going for that first original where, of course, the 2018 was going to disappoint. And it wasn't going to live up to what the original did. And, uh, yeah, I, I just remember if I'm going... Straight off the top of my head, what I'm trying to remember from that movie is uh, cops talking about a sandwich. Uh, there's a funny uh, little black kid I really loved in that first uh, in yeah. that 2018 movie. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is crazy for the sake of being crazy, and it turns into Home Alone at the end. <laughs> and I think that's it. I, I, I can't really think of much besides those three things uh there's the daughter and her love interest there's that whole drama which uh, this this new one picks up right off like literally like 30 seconds later after the after 2018 ends that's where yeah. uh halloween kills picks up yeah so and the first shot is the boyfriend that cheats on allison jamie lee curtis's granddaughter yes uh, it's, remember him if you didn't here he is He's back again. Yeah, sure, cool. I didn't care about that whole drama because that's not what I'm here for in a Halloween movie, but they're trying to fill in a B-plot. You know, yeah. We need to have teenagers. Come on. Yeah, you got to get the youth caring about this 40-year-old franchise. How else are you yes. going to do that? Yeah, it's 40 years in the making. Jamie Lee Curtis is back, baby, even though she came back for the sequel and she came back for H2O, I think. Yeah. Um, but she's back again. So be excited. This is Laurie Strode for the third, fourth, uh, second time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm i just going to come. I'm going to come clean. Okay. I watched this on Peacock at home. I didn't support this movie in the theater because uh, the movie w was going to insult me anyways. So let me at least do it in my own home. Yeah. Show me some damn respect. One would say that Jason Voorhees is a a knockoff of Michael Myers, right? Yeah. Um, it's safe safe to say. And and look what the franchise has become of Friday the 13th. Iconic in its own right, you know. Um uh, But they but did Jason go to Voorhees, space. Yeah. Jason X. Yeah. I remember watching that one too. And that movie like Freddy Krueger, that one even goes campy. Uh, in its sequels and but they're both successful in their own right right i feel like halloween the original one and even the second one i think the second one is underrated i really enjoy halloween 2 hmm. uh, i would give that one a watch i think i like it okay it always seemed that halloween uh mike michael Myers specifically had this sophisticated feel to him compared to jason Voorhees and freddy cooker uh, he just seemed more realistic, especially going based off that first movie. And even to the point where how it ends, it's a perfect ending. Oh, my God. that That's really what drove it home for me. It was yeah. that you get the whole other rest of the movie, but that ending just really solidifies it. Down to the shot of you here. I think it's Jamie Lee Curtis screaming. And then you just get these shots of empty streets, empty houses just the entire neighborhood just in those dark shadows like 
he's still out there. And you get the breathing too. You hear the him breathing through the mask, which they don't. I don't think any other. I mean, I haven't seen the nine other ones, but yeah, <laughs> I don't but, think okay. any other Halloween movie really plays with that. But going back to my point, the reason why I bring up Jason Voorhees is because it is so sad to see them try to make Mike Myers become Jason Voorhees. Mike Myers is a different guy. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, Michael Myers, not to be mistaken with Mike Myers. Yeah, uh, baby! <laughs> uh, Michael Myers, it, it, it's he seems like a totally different character compared to the original. I mean, this guy is immortal now. This guy should have died so many times in this movie. Uh, he... I don't even care about spoilers at this point. No, uh, I mean, this guy, who cares about spoilers for Halloween Kills? This guy gets hit with a bag of bricks to the head twice. He gets stabbed with a pitchfork through his back. Yeah! He gets shot at multiple times, most times close range, and dodges the bullets without even trying. I mean... And the gang of 15 people round him up and beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point where I just started laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. You literally had the entire town jump Mike Myers. And it was the funniest thing. And in my my the entire time I was like, this guy's 60 years old. They're beating <laughs> up an old man. That's right. Wait a minute. There's a third one coming out. There's a movie <laughs> called Halloween Ends, right? And in my head I'm like, okay. The cops aren't here. Don't tell me this guy's about to kill everybody in this mob. And he does. It's so funny because in the bar, uh, whenever we're first in the bar and we see the, the baseball, uh, yeah. the baseball bat, uh, I say to Azure, check off baseball bat. That's going to come back. And like five minutes later, it dies. Old Huckleberry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think this movie was made, I, I think this entire trilogy was made as a joke. I really, I, I think the first one was the, because, uh, Danny McBride, he wrote the first one. Yeah, and he wrote this one I'm as well. I'm not sure if he, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, need I say more? In the mob, a woman was carrying an iron. <laughs> Like a clothes iron. Yeah, a clothes iron. <laughs> oh, this movie. And then what is she gonna do with that? And, and then, <laughs> and then you you bring these legacy characters, I guess, from the original movie. Which, but all oh, your favorite characters. Oh, and then they retcon. They retcon the 1978 movie. Well, I guess they kind of did already with the first uh, 2018 Halloween, where they capture him. They. Uh, oh yeah! Oh my god! That beginning was so rough because it was messy. One, you start on the you start on the shitty boyfriend. Who gives a shit about him? Yeah. And then we get into like a ten minute flashback about, and it's this sap story about this cop who shot his partner instead of Mike Myers. Again, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He shoots Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they cut and paste Don Pleasance into... They bring Dr. Loomis back oh, yeah. as a CGI. They do a deep which, fake, yeah. 
Yeah, that I was. Oh, I was upset with that one. Uh, oh, Hollywood. Never. Well, please change. Please, for the love of God, change. <laughs> um, and I can't even remember what happens after that. But then we get the title sequence like twenty minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know why they couldn't just. Well, I know why because the third movie needs to happen, and that's why they fucking sideline. Jamie Lee Curtis in the damn hospital the whole time. Uh, and then you have to build up these other characters that are running around town. Uh, yeah, like, why bring these legacy characters that nobody cares about? Like, everyone just wants to see Laurie Strode. Really. You remember the nurse in the truck at the very beginning of the movie that you never see for the rest of the movie? Do you remember her? Well, she's back, baby! <laughs> uh, what? Okay, I have notes, uh, obviously. Uh, what is this camera work there's some there's some editing choices that are really weird they do this weird um they do three things at the same time and it's it bugs me and i've i've seen it in other movies but this one specifically may be mad uh there's a shot of and they do it multiple times there's two characters one in the forefront and one kind of in the background and what they do is they do a zoom in zoom out and in focus, out of focus between the two characters. And they also sweep the camera as well. And it was so weird. Like It's awful to look at. And then not only that, but in the middle of that, they do a hard cut to a close-up of the character in the background. And I think they did it like twice in the movie. And to me, I was like, what is this movie? What are we doing? Like I, And I was thinking back to the original where the camera is so still. <laughs> And there's, like, no editing. Yeah, at all. It's, like, just letting the scene play out. But the the editing in this movie is so just frustrating to me. And not only that, but, like, the dialogue. Every F word, uh, every F bomb in this movie is treated like a PG-13 bomb. Like, every F word is just very, very strong. It's a, uh, it's a... It feels like it's being written and delivered by a 13-year-old who just learned the F word. Yeah. And then, of course, we get the schlocky stuff. Um, I laughed when uh, a girl tries to shoot Michael, and Michael kicks the door, and she shoots herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Sure. It was the funniest thing I've seen uh, in a minute. So I'll give it that. It had some goofs. It had some gaffes. And uh, speaking of that, let's talk about the gays. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we living in uh, the Myers house. Living in the Myers house, and uh, it's uh, they seem like they're in a different movie altogether. They really did. It, it, it's. It's, it's all funny, over the, the, the photo you sent me looks like uh, a screenshot from Squid Game. <laughs> um, uh, everyone's wearing the same color blue. Real quick about Squid Game. Are the tracksuits blue or green? Uh, I don't know. I, would say, I can't tell. I would say they're teal. Like a nice teal. I think they're more green than teal. You're going to see some shots in, if you watch it, which you should. Yeah. Uh, I just finished it yesterday. Holy crap, it's so good. Oh. Uh, real quick, watch Squid Game. Actually, who cares? Let's talk about Squid Game instead of <laughs> Halloween Kills. Wait, I haven't watched Fuck. it. Ah, oh, shit. 
All right, I guess we're talking about Halloween. Okay, kills. can we go back? Can we go back to anyway, Halloween kills? Yes, okay, uh, like I was saying, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis stabs herself in the ass. Um, <laughs> with however much of whatever drug that was, she's like, "Oh, it keeps the pain away." And <laughs> it would have been hilarious. She's like, "It keeps the pain away," and injects it, and then immediately passes out and dies. <laughs> Laurie Strode was so useless in this movie, especially for... She was useless in 2018, because the showdown that she gets with Michael Myers in 2018, he beats her up, and then she locks him in the basement. That's their showdown. Yeah. That that's it. Oh, and I, she does nothing in this movie. I only wanted to bring up the gay guys because I had the same. Yeah, that's right. We were talking about the gay guys. Well, I only wanted to bring it up because one, they're in a different movie, and then two, um, I had the same kimono shorts that uh, one of the guys was wearing. Um, and that Big John and Little John. <laughs> I Little John, like even in the most <laughs> terrifying parts, they were still calling themselves by their nicknames. It's so, because every, like, little non-sequitur scene that we cut away to, like the sandwich guys in 2018, yeah. there was also a, a part where it cuts to a dad. Oh, uh, that too. The, the little guy. The little boy who wants and, to be a dancer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he calls him dad, and he looks like his grand. That whole scene <laughs> is just, what are we? So it has that same energy. This little kid who wants to be a dancer has the same energy as Big John and Little John. I don't know what that's Danny McBride. Yeah. That's definitely Danny McBride. Uh let me see. Oh, um speaking of our lead cuz Laurie Strode is not even our lead. It is uh Anthony Michael Hall who for some reason for, yeah, uh with the bat, right? He's the one with the bat. I notice yeah. here's a small little thing. Uh in the hospital scene, he accidentally punches an extra. Really? Yeah, I saw that. It was great. I I had to like rewind it really quick. I had to like let me Holy see that shit. again. He sh- he like it. I think it's him doing like trying to go through the crowd, uh, where like the mob is really getting amped up because they think they saw Michael Myers, but it, it's some guy who's shaped like the fucking penguin from <laughs> Tim Burton's <laughs> Batman. I don't know how they thought he was Michael Myers. That was the stupidest thing in the whole movie. Um, but we'll get to him later. But yeah, uh, if you see Michael, uh, Anthony Michael Hall punches an extra and it was funny. Actually, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, Tommy's a little kid that Laurie was babysitting in the first one. So I guess it makes sense for him to have some major role in okay. the sequels, but look, but why I would, I would understand the frustration of this small town if this trilogy were connected to all the other Halloween movies, right? But the fact that it's directly uh, goes hand in hand with the original, it happened one year, 40 years ago, where this guy killed three or four teenagers, right? That's not enough to terrorize an entire town for 40 years. Yeah, and they say on the news, it's like, uh, the the night that this town can't seem to forget. It's like, really? Yeah, like... <laughs> do do y'all have nothing going on in Haddonfield? <laughs> to the point where a mob just... I, I don't know what the message was behind that. Um, 
uh, the mob yeah, mentality. Yeah, I, I get some weird political vibes, but I'm not sure what they're trying to say. I feel bad for that mental uh patient. <laughs> I mean, poor guy. He does actually. Yeah, he looks nothing like Michael Myers. Like even if you put a suit and the mask on him, the guy is like five foot three. <laughs> he looks like a damn Oompa Loompa. <laughs> even the way he stands, like he has his hands like curled up. He's bow legged. How do his hair would be coming out of the mask. The dude has long hair. And how do they get him confused for the <laughs> six foot five beast that Michael Myers is? I don't get it. Like. It just turned into Looney Tunes at that point because you have the entire mob like uh, evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight, and it's so <laughs> stupid. Like, and then when they finally get the chance to kill Michael Myers, they mess up somehow. They squander it. I don't know how they mess that up. They oh. had him right there. <laughs> like you would think, like, hey, okay, we're gonna get the entire town to hunt down. Michael Myers, you need at least one person to be like, you know what we should do? We should get some rope. We should get some nets. We should get some chains to wrap this guy up to, I don't know, uh, so he doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, like tie him to a tree and shoot him in the head. That's all you have to do. Is that so hard, Haddonfield? And then the entire it takes the whole town and they all die. <laughs> and the entire time it's like just dialogue with Laurie Strode and everyone surrounding her, like, he's evil. He's the boogeyman. He must die. My They love using the term boogeyman. Yeah. Uh for some reason they're so in love with that when they only used it a couple times in seventy eight. But they just cannot stop saying boogeyman between twenty eighteen and kills. Holy crap, I, I'm i boogeymaned out. I don't want to ever hear that word again. Yeah. Um, what more can I say about this damn movie? Um, it, I'm good. I'm fine with 1978's Halloween. I don't even care. You would think everybody else would be, too. I don't even care how it ends. I Do I have to watch Halloween Ends? No, because we know how it's going to end. Michael Myers is going to die, and Laurie Strode is probably going to as well. And then, what's the whole point of, like, trying to make him sympathetic? Did you catch that? Yeah. Like, the whole window thing? Like, him looking out the window is now symbolic? They're grasping at straws. I really feel like they just wanted to make the 2018 one, but it made so much money that the studio was like, all right, you're going to make two more movies. And it really feels like they just shit them out. Yeah, I guess so. It's Because that first movie is actually kind of decent. Again, when it gets going, it's decent. It's pretty, it's all right in terms of modern horror. The uh, 2018 one, right? Yeah. See, and I could have sworn when I talked about the 2018 one, I had pitched like my own version of the movie, like... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has just gone cuckoo the entire time, like since that incident, and she has been like waiting for Michael Myers, and to the point where it's the other way around now. Like, like she's waiting, stalking him. Like she pretty much would be responsible for breaking him out of prison, 
and like wanting him to come and finish the job like kind of like having a death wish upon yourself yeah and like she would just they would both burn in that fire and that's it that would have been poetic that'd be that'd be the movie and it would and it would burn in the Myers house oh yeah yeah like because obviously when Mike Myers like they even play with that here in this movie like oh uh it's like a it's like a ritual he he kills people and then he goes to his house and then he looks out the window and then i don't know he hibernates like a fucking uh like a groundhog i don't know and then which he... it's so weird because if he's the embodiment of pure evil then he there wouldn't be a ritual he would just kill and that's the whole point of the first one he's just pure evil and he just kills but now they're they're trying to add more weight to than what was already they're doing a ghostbusters afterlife when they're adding all of this weight and they're adding all of this um they're projecting emotion onto the events like again it's nostalgia like hey do you remember that do you remember these characters from the first one these guys mean so much to you everything about this one means so much to you right you love everything about it, so let's just give you everything, but dumb it down and not do anything with it. Yeah, like even to the point where, again, spoilers, I don't care. Um, the <laughs> the uh, the escaped uh, patient that everyone thinks is Michael Myers kills himself. He, yeah. he jumps out the window and that's like that should be like a heartfelt moment. Like, oh, look, you know, look what this mob mentality force this man to do and then they treat it like they show his brains like splattered they show like this just gruesome body and i get it it's a horror movie but it feels so cynical to do uh, yeah uh, especially if also, you're trying to drive I feel a like point hospitals home hospitals should have a uh, thicker windows than that he shouldn't have been able to break that with a fire extinguisher yeah well I mean, you're a nitpick <laughs> at that point, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just felt like really just... Uh, I don't even know. It, it just... This movie... No, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's distasteful. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It didn't seem genuine at all. And mm -hmm. it just felt like they were trying to have a message behind it. Uh, it. It just felt like killing time the entire time. If Halloween kills, kills my evening, I <laughs> wasted my freaking time with this damn movie. And yeah, and who knows what the hell is going to happen in the next one. Uh, the spoiler of this one, literally the last thing that happens. Uh, if if you somehow for some reason care, uh, skip. I, I don't care. Judy Greer's character dies. Why? How does she get into the house? How is Michael still in the house? And how did that happen? Like, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, like, yeah, like, did, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, it all just. Because that was an active crime scene. Why was she allowed to go not only in the house, upstairs, and into Michael's room or his sister's room? But why would she even want to stand there? Exactly. What what made her want to do that? Like at that point, how would she get there? Yeah, it seemed like she was like 
in a trance. Like it seemed like she was destined to go up there and stand where he stood, like symbolically. But it's it's not. It's not symbolic at all. The whole point of the first movie was he was a mentally uh, a mental patient who escaped and just saw Laurie Strode and it reminded him of his sister and wanted to kill her. Yeah, that, that that's it. That is all you need. Yeah, that's it. And but now it's like this weight, like even when Anthony Michael Hall's character like interrupts the freaking talent show and it's like, hey, <laughs> I know no one's having a good time here, but I think everyone should listen to this. 40 years ago, like, oh, this guy, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, how did he not get booed off of that stage? <laughs> uh, Th- that night really just has a grip on Haddonfield for whatever reason. But even like Judy Greer's like death didn't have any weight to it. Like, if anything, I was like, yeah, not nah, shit. You're going to die. <laughs> like, look what you're doing. <laughs> you're provoking him at this point. Ex- yeah. Like, stay home. Go with your mom. <laughs> why did she leave her mom in the first place? I, I don't like why. Yeah, it, I, I don't remember. Uh, to be honest, uh, this movie just kind of went one eye out the other. Does that is that a proper matter? Uh, yeah, I don't know. it it just like went through my head, my brain, and just left. I I'm already forgetting about this movie. The more we talk about it. Me too, and honestly, I think that's for the best. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna rewatch this one in preparation for Halloween ends. <laughs> um, do we even talk about Halloween ends next year? I mean, we'll get there when we get there, but I- I'm not looking forward to it. Might as might as well though, you know. Why We're not? Three movies in, We're technically. In. I did have some good laughs. I will say that it was entertaining. Yes, there were some parts that were just so dumb that I laughed. A lot. And we, hey, we are going to be saying Evil Dice Tonight um, for who knows how long. It was the most (laughs) memorable part. How do you forget that? How do you? Well, I know I'm going to forget about this movie for sure. All right. That's it. That's enough of us ranting. At least we're in the Halloween mood, right? Right? Yeah. 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 I would, uh, these four movies we talked about, uh, Venom looks creepy. Lamb was a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, people are wearing costumes and acting like they're in 1300s France. That's something about Halloween, right? Yeah. Some, yeah. yeah. And then, and ha- then uh, Halloween kills. It's, you know, it's, it's, in, it's the in the name. name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, we've been doing the show for too long. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's let's wrap this thing up. Let's uh, let's let's all go home. Um, uh, Jackson, where can we find you? Wait, did we uh, did you, we even rate this movie? Uh, let's not rate it. Do we have no, to? No, let's not. Let's not. Even. Would you recommend it? <laughs> <laughs> if you were drunk, if you have Peacock, if you were then... drunk and you have Peacock, what you know what? Have it playing in the background. You know, uh, not even put the sound on. Just have some something on the screen playing that resembles you know, Halloween. What was funny uh, for Halloween uh, twenty eighteen? Halfway through watching it, because we were getting bored of it, um, we turned on, uh, we just wanted to see what other audio was available on YouTube, because we had to rent it, um, and for some reason, it was either English or Italian, (laughs) so we watched the other half of the movie in (laughs) Italian with English subtitles, Uh, and on Peacock, they have uh, 
Spanish audio. So watch it in Spanish with English subtitles and uh, get drunk. Watch it on Peacock. Stay home. Yeah. The Rona's bad. Yeah. Actually, cases are going down. But uh, hey, you can come around in any corner. Uh, it's so funny how Cinemark, uh, I'm not sure if you've been seeing these or not, but uh, even starting with Black Widow, they're like, if you're watching <laughs> this uh, this story on the small screen, you're not getting any- anything. Yeah. Uh, you've got to watch it at the movies. And they did that for Halloween Kills. They're like, if you're watching the embodiment of pure evil on a small screen, you're doing yourself a disservice. Watch Halloween Kills the way it was meant to be seen in the cinema. I'll never forgive Cinemark for doing that same treatment, but to Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, The Courier? The Courier? Courier? Oh, really? Yeah, that one. Like, it was so weird. I was like, out of all the movies, I mean, it was like in the middle of pandemic, so there wasn't much to kind of market during <laughs> that time, but it was just funny if, that they were using that movie for that. If you're not watching uh the courier uh you're not watch uh <laughs> fuck who cares <laughs> well thanks for bringing that up because i yeah i i just remember the fucking benedict cumberbatch movie <laughs> being a flagship movie to come back in the middle of a pandemic yeah, hey if tenant couldn't bring back th- uh, people to the theater maybe the courier will <laughs> you never know all right well jackson where can you we can- find you you can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML. And if, uh, actually, here's how I'll promote my Letterboxd. If you want my, uh, if you want my thoughts on every movie we talk about on this show, if you want my thoughts early, uh, follow me on Letterboxd. I review every movie as soon as I And you can follow me on Letterboxd as well. I don't write reviews. I just rank them. So if you want to, ah. if you want to see how I rank movies, just, uh, go on there and, uh, see, get a little insight as to what I think. And you'll see these four soon on that list as well on my 2021 list. And you can also follow me on my personal Twitter at DylanMM5. And uh, just thank you all to those who will listen to us. Uh, We appreciate it. So uh, continue to listen to us, download, share with your friends and family. Like and subscribe. (laughs) And uh, you can do that on all the podcast platforms such as spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher google music what else are we on uh amazon amazon music thank you very much uh so yeah go ahead and explore and see if you can find us on uh your favorite place to listen to podcasts and don't forget to like follow poke can you still poke no i don't know you don't poke anymore on facebook right Mm-mm. That'll That's get you. Creepy. That'll get you in trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could do it on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Show Live. And that's it. Uh, get out of here. No. Um... <laughs> this is the Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective, and it's all about perspective. Think about that when you're watching Halloween Kills. Arr-